0: She's the spouse of a police officer. In May of 2021, he was involved in a controversial arrest caught on video that has resulted in him being fired and facing criminal charges, allegations of improprieties by the prosecution team, and much more. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. download our free app if you enjoy the law enforcement today podcast do me a big favor tell a friend and if you're able you got a few moments leave an honest review and rating but most importantly tell a friend or two or three calling us from san diego area southern california of christina Degas on the phone christina thanks so much for being a guest on the law enforcement Today show very much appreciated
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on.
0: Now, Christina is the spouse of a law enforcement officer, and his status is pretty much, very much up in the air right now. Last time we talked, he had been fired and charged and is facing criminal charges in relation to an event that occurred, in, I believe, it was May 27th, 2021, correct? Correct. Before we go into details, I wasn't there. I've seen some of the videos, and I want people to understand this. The video of the incident involving him and the suspect, I'm not going to give the suspect's name, your your husband's police officer, Matthew Degas. it starts at, uh, the confrontation. It looks like there's a whole lot that's not covered in there, but from what you know of the events, tell us what occurred.
1: Yes, so my husband um, was working a trolley enforcement detail with other police officers from his department, so their job on the uh, MTF property is saturation, so they're there to enforce, um, they're there to speak with everyone. So during one of my husband's um, enforcement contacts, he encountered a subject who um, was combative, who was noncompliant, who was aggressively resisting him, and that led to my husband Matthew um, going hands-on with the subject to keep him in a seated position while other officers um, arrived. So, a bystander video of only that physical interaction went viral. Um, it led to protests, multiple protests at our home, um, as well as at the police department. Um, our personal information was leaked all over the Internet. Uh, we had death threats. Um, we were doxed online. We received uh, hateful voicemails. Um, there were um, the, the protests at the police department kind of evolved into looting um, and arson. There were multiple buildings burnt down in La Mesa. Um, So all of this happened within a couple days of my husband's incident, and it uh, very quickly became a politically charged incident.
0: And I've seen the video. I'm not a big fan of watching police encounter videos. I don't watch body cam videos, uh, especially ones that involve violence. And I tell people it's not because – I'm not concerned, I'm not interested, it's because it fires up a lot of the fight or flight stuff I went through back on the job. Mm-hmm. So I, I just get really uncomfortable, I don't watch it. How I did watch a video and when you have a video from one person's perspective, it doesn't show the entire scene. Uh, it also doesn't show every interaction and a lot of what happened before conveniently it seems to be missing so i'm not going to try matt based off the video i saw online because that gives one perspective of the incident and what i want to talk about is and by the way any kind of use of force by police when you see it it looks horrible there's an old saying everybody loves sausage no one wants to see it being made when we have any kind of use of force and it was very minor of what your your husband went through, it was very, very minor, it's still gonna look ugly and people can make it rather inflammatory, which seems to be the case with this.
1: Yeah, absolutely, you, you hit it right on the head. Um, that viral video was just a snapshot of my husband's entire interaction. So people are taking that snapshot out of context, they're ignoring situational detail, they're completely disregarding an officer's training and perceptions. And people are deciding that they have enough information to pass judgment, not only on the incident, but on what's my husband's character. And it's it's absurd. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not having it. Um, as you said, it's a very low-level use of force. My husband just went hands-on with someone. Um, they weren't injured. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like a higher-level use of force. It was completely cleared by his department. Um, Lamisa's own use of force expert um, confirmed that not only was the subject aggressively resisting my husband, but that my husband's use of force was appropriate. Um, based on his training. Um, the the subject also, or excuse me, La Mesa's use of force expert also confirms that um, the subject strikes my husband during their encounter, um, which again is not, it's not captured in that bystander video, which is just a snapshot of the larger interaction. So um, you know, I said all that because I think it's so important for people to know that these viral videos, bigger than just my husband's case, these viral videos of police interactions happening across the country are just that. They are a snapshot that completely ignore other situational details. They ignore context, they context, they ignore um, you know, law enforcement tactics and how officers are trained. And it's not it's not possible to pass judgment when you don't have all the information.
0: Personally, I cannot stand when, and and I love police, I really do, being retired police but I cannot stand when when officers, retired, active, former, whatever, pass judgment based off a of video they saw. And I'll be honest with you, Christina, I had to fight the urge to do that because I looked at the video, I watched a little bit, I looked at it several times, I'm going, yeah, I don't know about this one, it doesn't look that good. But I also know from working the streets, that's a, I don't want to say manufactured, but that's a convenient portrayal that makes the officer look bad it doesn't show the entirety of the situation it doesn't show the beforehand and quite often doesn't show the after
1: yeah absolutely and another thing i think it's really important to touch on too is um, officers are specifically trained to look for specific body language cues that suggest someone may fight them right um, and so that's also something the public is not privy to so the fact that this person kept shooting up from a seated position, getting inches away from my husband's face, um, you know, that's indicative of someone that might strike an officer, might flee, um, and, you know, police officers are explicitly trained that use of force is necessary either to an effect, effect an arrest overcome resistance or prevent escape. Um, so I you know I, I think it's also important like you said, use of force never looks good, but let's let's have a real conversation about it. It is a very real and necessary part of policing. Yes, and it so is. for those who don't for those who don't like the look of use of force, I think the question should really be, well what necessitated that use of force in the first place, right? Because that's an important part of how we got to the use of force part of the interaction.
0: It is and when I was a rookie police I made a mistake of letting people punch me before I reacted. After a period of time on the streets, and it wasn't a long period of time, if someone said, they're going to punch me, they're going to hit me, and they put their hand in a a fist or their body language indicated they're going to follow through with that threat, I believed them, and I used force quickly. This is the Law Enforcement Day show. We're talking Christina Degas. Her husband is facing... Criminal charges, been fired due to use of force. We're going to talk about that and much more on the Law Enforcement Today show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Have I got a deal for you? No, I'm not trying to sell you a bridge or a swamp land. Enter contests for your chance to win great prizes by subscribing to the Law Enforcement Today radio show email newsletter. All subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Scroll down to the sign-up area. That's letradioshow.com. Calling us from Southern California, the San Diego area. We have Christina Degas on the phone. Her husband, law enforcement officer, former law enforcement officer, Matt Degas, had an arrest that became controversial. Wound up him being fired facing criminal charges, protested their house. And one of the things that is of significant interest to me, Christina, is you mentioned that there's some exculpatory evidence that was being withheld by the prosecution team. Am I correct?
1: You are correct. Um, So when La Mesa, when his police department handed down their decision to terminate him, um, and and just to be very clear, he was cleared for his use of force. Um, what they chose to terminate him on was literally semantics, so word choice. Um, so when they handed down that decision, we of course appealed it, um, and that leads to a multi-day appeals hearing, um, during which, you know, Matthew's attorney, uh, revealed that the investigative report La Mesa is hiding behind to justify them terminating my husband was inaccurate and very unreliable. And specifically, I'll speak to exactly what we found out and what the exculpatory evidence is. Specifically, there was testimony from key witnesses that was taken out of context Misrepresented or omitted entirely for the purpose of propping the city's case up against my husband. So that was an enormous moment on stand for our case, and one we believe further exonerates um, my husband. During the hearing, as well, there were other officers that testified to corroborate my husband's observations and training. Um, we also presented a ton of case law that presents, or that excuse me, that backs my husband and disproves uh, Lamesa's allegations. So the interesting part is, is when La Mesa went to the San Diego district attorney, Summer Steffen, and when they recommended criminal charges, they did not include transcripts, full transcripts from this multi-day hearing. Now, the interesting part about that is there is a penal code that says when a district attorney is criminally charging a police officer, they get full access to that person, to that police officer's personnel file. Transcripts from the appeals hearing were in my husband's personnel file. So why didn't let me hand that over in full to the DA? Very suspicious, right?
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Here's one of the things that would happen, and this happened back when I was policing, which is a long time ago, Christina, to be honest with you. When there was Mm -hmm. any kind of political red balls, what he called it, where an officer is in trouble because there's political pressure being applied, not necessarily they did anything wrong. It may have been ugly. They could have handled it better. Sure, absolutely. But they didn't violate any rules or laws. One of the things that the departments would do, and they're notorious for, including my own, is they'd apply so much pressure on that officer that they would either quit or they could fire them. And then say, well, the situation's been resolved. They're no longer employed by us. And they, they pretty much wash their hands of them. Was that kind of the feel of what you noticed was happening there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So La Mesa, they... You know, I mentioned earlier that um, the protests that happened at their police department in their city, it devolved into um, arson. It basically became a riot. And so La Mesa needed to find a scapegoat. They needed to find someone to pin the blame on. And they um, unfortunately tried to use my husband as that. So, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, while they're kind of like hemming my husband up in the appeals process and in court, the entire time they're doing that, they get to kind of tout this like political victory of, oh, we got rid of the bad guy. And it's a completely false narrative. And not only is it false, it's not it's not founded by any means. There's no evidence to support these claims that they're making. Um, it's, it's really unfortunate that just as a bureaucratic agency, they're set up in a way to where it's very easy for them to, like you said, politically persecute an officer when they stand to benefit politically from it.
0: And that's what happens, unfortunately, when you have, and i not break it down for people, and this is a very simplified version. For American police they usually fall under the executive branch of the government. So you'd have, for example, in a city, you'd have the mayor. The mayor picks uh, picks or approves the police chief or police commissioner, who in turn has their command staff. They get their marching orders from the mayor and the executive branch of the government. The same applies for governors, county executives, you, you name it. And when things become politically uncomfortable, Quite often, these very same mayors, governors, county executives will turn around and say, well, you know, it was the street officer's fault. And that's who they blame. And they don't look at any of the policies, procedures, or training that they've issued for that agency and for that officer. Is that somewhat familiar to your case?
1: It's absolutely familiar. Um, it's really important to call out, too, that the command staff at La Mesa, so the chief of police and the captains, and I think the lieutenants as well, they are at-will employees to the city manager and the city attorney. Um, so that structure allows for politicking to come into play. Like you said, when there's these high-profile cases that maybe don't look good, but the officer didn't do anything wrong, the officer was doing his job the way he was trained in my husband's case, um, that it allows these bureaucracies, just political railroad officers, again, for that political victory, for that political advantage. So um, I think it's so shameful. You know, you have these men and women who um, take an oath to protect and serve, and they literally put their lives on the line every single day doing their jobs and then when it's convenient for the city or for um, you know politicking leaders to villainize these people just for doing their job they'll do it they'll throw officers under the bus so it's been an incredibly eye-opening experience for me as a police wife um, and certainly for my husband he uh, was a newer cop he had been with Lamesa mesa for three years and you know prior to this incident it's worth noting my husband had zero no record of discipline at the department and quite the contrary he was a rising star at the department he had just been selected for the SWAT team he had received uh, performance related commendations he received the um, compassion challenge coin for administering life-saving services to a uh, a three-year-old in the field Uh, his field training officer had said in his 20 years as an FTO um, my husband is one of his top trainees and even just a couple months before this incident the police chief himself sent a congratulations card to our home, congratulating my husband for getting selected for SWAT and calling my husband a role model officer. So how did we go from all of that to, oh, this officer is a bad person and can't be trained, can't be fixed just a couple months later. It's incredibly suspicious and not consistent.
0: It's very suspicious. And uh, the onset of our conversation, I told people, and I just want to reiterate, uh, watch some of the video. It doesn't look good. However, it is not a complete portrayal, an act of portrayal, and occurred. Secondly, in defense of Matt, I'm going to sit here and say right now, he didn't come to blows. There was no excessive use of force. There was no heavy-handed. Tactics. There was no unprofessionalism. I didn't see anything of that nature that would cause me to have grave concerns about his character or his ability to be a police officer had I been his sergeant. And to be totally honest with you, when we had complaints like that back in the day, when we didn't have body cameras, one of the things that we wound up saying is, listen, I understand. I'll take care of it. I'll talk to the officer. They got guidance and counseling, which means they got their rear end chewed out. And they got instruction on how to do it better. Matt was not a rookie officer. And I'll be honest with you, I don't see anything he did that was overtly wrong to warrant being fired and facing criminal charges. We are talking with Christina Degas, whose husband, police officer Matthew Degas, our former officer, was fired Facing criminal charges related to a, a controversial arrest caught on video in La Mesa, California. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Be sure to look for the Law Enforcement Today Radio Show all over social media. We're on Facebook. Look for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. On mewee.com, look for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. On Twitter, follow L-E-T Radio Show P-O-1. On Instagram, follow LET Radio Show Podcast. And on gab.com, search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Again, our website is LETRadioshow.com. Hope to see you online soon. Return conversation on Law Enforcement Today Show with Christina Degas, calling us from La Mesa, California, San Diego. Area of Southern California. And May 27, 2020, your husband, then police officer Matthew Degas, wound up arresting somebody. Not a big major criminal. And no, there was nothing crazy going on. There is no heavy handed tactics. There's no really extreme use of force. He went arresting guy was caught on video and the video was from the perspective of someone else there and it didn't capture everything. But the long story short is, things turned south very quickly for him. And a lot of it was politically driven. Take us back to that day. Do did you, did you see anything out of the ordinary on the day of the arrest? Did he come home and say hey, something really bad happened, I'm worried about it? Or did that come later?
1: He came home from work that evening, and he was just completely drained, which, I mean, as you know, being former law enforcement, the shifts are long. They're 12-hour shifts, and you're on the front lines of, like, crisis after crisis. So the, the exhaustion wasn't out of the ordinary, but, um, you know, it was May twenty seventh, 2020, and he came home, and he said, I'm just, I'm so down. He's like, people are incredibly upset about what happened in Minneapolis a couple days ago, and it's it's affecting how they're interacting with police, even On our side of the country. Um, And so literally he had no sooner sat down for dinner and he was just about to tell me about his day. Um, Our our ring camera notification went off and I just out of habit looked at it on my phone. And that was um, there was a group of people standing in front of our house. um, And that was the first of many protests. Um, that came literally to our front doorstep. So what we didn't know is this interaction, the viral video, it happened around two p.m. that day, and I think my husband got home around dinner time. Um, and already by then, the video had gone viral online, and somehow our personal information um, had been leaked. So our personal home address, our phone numbers, um, our like our LinkedIn, our Facebook, our Instagram, our our family's addresses. Um, everything was leaked online for malicious purposes. People were targeting us. People were saying horrific things about us and our character. There were uh, threats of violence and death threats. Um, it was absolutely insane. So um, things kind of escalated, I mean, as soon as that very night. Um, so we, gosh, um, you know, the, the moment we realized that our, our personal information had been leaked and that we weren't safe, it was, shocking. I mean never once as a police wife did I ever think that our personal sense of security would be violated in that way and it's like we're simultaneously addressing that threat while also kind of dealing with the this like viral video and he's talking to his, you know, command staff Um, So it just very quickly kind of turned our lives upside down. And and it's worth noting, too, I think, too, just to humanize the story. It's like we were newlyweds at the time. This happened just a few months after we had just gotten married. We had just gotten back from um, our honeymoon. Um, We spent a month in Latin America, and it was amazing. And we had just bought this house, um, you know, just really starting our our new chapter together as newlyweds. And it's like never did I think or did we think as a couple that – his profession would put him at risk in this way
0: so you really had no reprieve it was protests at your door later that day
1: later that day um, it was just constant and compounding trauma to be honest with you so it was like the, the the violation of personal security with you know people showing up at our house and like all the malicious things that were being said and done online about us um, and then you know him dealing with his command and the viral video, and he had to go in and write a police report and all that. Um, And, you know, immediately the the PD started tracking all this like online doxing, and it became very clear very quickly that um, our house continued to be targeted and was being targeted for a larger protest. And so his SWAT commander told us, you know, hey, for safety purposes, you guys need to get out of there. So we packed up, um, you know, what we thought was just an overnight bag. We, We were advised to just get out of town for maybe the weekend. Um, So we went and stayed with family for what we thought was just a couple of days. And because, you know, there was a larger protest that happened while we were away and there were multiple people showing up at our house and just the online targeting, we, you know, my husband and I quickly realized, like, it's never going to be safe for us to come back home and have peace of mind and feel safe there, right? Because it's like, how long will this doxing continue? And even when it stops, like, what's to stop some crazy person specifically from just showing up at our door and, and doing something terrible, like a week from now, a month from now, a year from now? So it was, it was horrible to have to deal with. Um, so we made the decision to put our home in the market and move and find a secure, safe location to live. Um, while also dealing kind of with the investigation and, and, you know, his job side of things.
0: And all that's because of this video of this arrest.
1: Yeah. Can you believe that? It's a very low level use of force. And I always like to kind of call out that, you know, with the use of force continuum, I know you understand this because you're former law enforcement and I understand it because I'm a police wife. But the community at large honestly doesn't understand that police officers do not have to wait to be punched in the face for them to enact use of force. Like this is a normal part of policing. I'm not trying to glorify it. I'm not trying to say it looks good, just deal with it. I'm just saying it just is a normal part of policing. And so my husband's case was a very low level use of force. He was cleared for the use of force by the use of force expert in his department. And yet here we are still 12 months later um, dealing with the repercussions of, of, again, a viral video taken out of context, ignoring situational detail, uh, and just this blind villainization of my husband's character. It's it's shameful.
0: You said here we are uh, all this time later. A lot has yeah. happened. He wound up being terminated by the department and he wound up facing and still facing criminal charges, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, so we're kind of fighting legal battles on two fronts right now. So the first is we are fighting the we are fighting La Mesa's decision to terminate him. So that's the administrative case. Um, So right now we have advanced that to the Superior Court of San Diego County. So that's before a judge. And it's really exciting for us because this will be the first time in 12 months that um, a judge looks at this case. And the reason that's important is because there's going to be an actual weighing of the evidence. That has not happened in 12 months. Uh, We can get to that in a minute. But that's uh, one track. And then the other track is the criminal case. Um, so in January, San Diego District Attorney, Summer Stefan, filed uh, criminal charges against my husband uh, for falsifying a police report. And I mentioned earlier, like, La Mesa withheld a lot of information from the DA prior to them filing charges, which is very suspicious. Um, and that uh, case is currently pending. Um, the the DA, so the the full transcripts that I talked about earlier that the DA didn't get full access to prior cr- filing criminal charges. Um, We've recently provided that to the DA for review. Um, So that's currently under review. And, um, you know, if this does go to trial, the preliminary hearing will be next month. So we're kind of fighting that on one front, fighting the administrative case on another front. Um, But going back to kind of what I alluded to, um, so standard of proof is another thing that people don't realize is at play here. Um, So the standard of proof in California for a workplace investigation, or at least the one that LaMesa did, is what's called preponderance of evidence. Um, so that's important to call out because that is considerably lower than the standard of proof in a courthouse, right? We all know in a courthouse, it is uh, beyond a reasonable doubt, right? Um, workplace investigations are preponderance of evidence, and that is in a simple way to describe it is 50% chance what you're alleging is true, plus the weight of a feather. And the reason that's important to call out is because that is essentially a he said versus she said, right? All you have to prove is there's a 50% chance what you're saying is true, plus the weight of a feather. So you have two parties, both saying different things happened. And the deciding factor is the city who's pushing the narrative that... You know, their story happened. So um, that's really important. I didn't realize that before this incident. I didn't realize how these investigations are designed to allow the city to affirm whatever argument they want, whatever argument affirms their narrative. They get to do that. They get to move forward with punishment. And it really kind of goes unchecked until it gets before a judge. So um, we're really looking forward to a judge looking at our case because, again, not only does the city not have evidence to back up their allegations, but we have presented ample case law that backs my husband, that exonerates my husband. My husband has passed a voluntary polygraph proving there was no dishonesty in his interaction. There was no racial bias. Um, There was also a lot of... um, testimony from other police officers and witnesses and the mesa zone use of force expert um, that corroborate what my husband has said since day one
0: we're going to take a short again. break we are talking with christina Degas. this is law enforcement Today show we're going to take a short break we'll be right back are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts head to com. click be heard and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. Back to our conversation with Christina Degas on the Law Enforcement Today show. And we're talking with Christina about uh, the actions taken against her husband, Matthew Degas, who was a law enforcement officer in La Mesa, California, uh, near San Diego, involving an arrest that turned controversial, caught on video. And he has been terminated and is facing criminal charges. And I want people to understand this. Listen, right now, you need to understand the reason we're not talking to Matthew is I told Matthew that he has pending litigation both in criminal and civil courts involving the termination and his criminal charges. And I didn't want him to be in a position where he said anything at all that could be misconstrued. So we're talking with Christina and you know this case inside and out. You have a unique perspective. You can talk about how it's affected you. You can talk about how it's affected Matthew. You, neither you nor I were there. One of the things you mentioned and we talked about is so many departments and cities will exert lots of political pressure trying to get an officer who's in any kind of controversial jackpot to quit or be fired, and they can kind of wash your hands of you at that point. And that sounds like what La Mesa has done, but you, Christina, and your husband are fighting back.
1: We are. It's so important. I mean, as a police wife, I've it's so important to Speak out and correct the false narrative that's out there about my husband to fact check what's been allowed to be said about him and about his case. And the reality is, is no one should be speaking to what's in my husband's heart except me, his wife. No one knows what belief system our marriage is based on except he and I. So I think it's really important to have a voice, to elevate your voice, um, and to offer truth and perspective and to offer facts about this case, because this case has really gotten swept up in a lot of clickbait headlines, um, and it's just, as a police wife, I'm, I'm fighting back. I'm, I'm fixing the narrative that's out there about him and really fighting to get him reinstated, get him cleared, and get this man back in uniform.
0: If you are successful, and the termination is appealed and, and reversed, and the criminal charges are dropped, or uh, he's found to be not guilty, and he's back on the job, why would he stay in La Mesa?
1: I guess we're going to have to cross that bridge when we get there. But I can tell you, I can tell you very specifically that my husband, being a police officer, it's not just a job for him. It's not just a paycheck. This is his passion and his purpose in life. Um, so it's more so about his desire to get back in uniform to work as a police officer. We don't know where he'll land after this, um, but you know, it's it's his chosen profession i think it's an admirable profession we both um, on both sides of our family our family is either military or law enforcement and so we have this lineage of people who have dedicated their career to serving community and country um and it's it's of highest importance to him and so that's the goal is just clearing his name um shedding light on the truth about this case and getting him back in uniform safely
0: and i i really hope you are successful uh, and i I'll be honest with you. I don't think I could go back to that department after what they did. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's asking a lot. And I get the part about the vocation. I really do. And I understand. And I'm extremely proud of my service. And uh, I would, do not regret any moments of it. However, someone asked me if I missed being a police officer. And the analogy was, do I miss the circus? I say, yeah, I miss the circus <laughs> sometimes, but not all the clowns. I don't miss all the political... Stuff from the admin from on high that they came down that created problems. People on the street were one thing, it was that was great. Sometimes things got ugly, sometimes it got violent, but not often. Even when he had arrest people, and I noticed in the video with the suspect who was arrested, things calmed down rather rapidly and mm-hmm. he wound up shutting his mouth. That's really what it was. Your husband was not running his mouth, he wasn't doing anything out of hand he didn't do anything heavy-handed there was no blows there's none of that stuff that you might think right away but people obviously took this as a symptom of some sort of politically driven narrative involving race um and I don't want to make this about race cuz I'll be honest with you Christina I hate that we're hearing this constantly and I hate shows whether it be in social media or radio, that are race baiting, so I don't do it. I just, I refuse to do it. I can see why you would be so adamant about defending him.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's been 12 months now of, it's just been absolutely agonizing and anguishing to watch my husband's character be wrongfully assassinated just for doing his job, right? There are a lot of people who are committed to misunderstanding the profession of police, and my husband's character. And I'm here to speak out against it. I'm here, if people truly want truth and perspective and facts, that's why I'm speaking out. Because what's being said about my husband, about um, his enforcement contact, about policing, is a lot of it is ignorant, Um, a lot of it is uninformed. And I just think it's so important. Like No one wants better relations between law enforcement and the community than a police wife, right? Like I know what the job entails. I know what my husband goes out to do every single day. And I want the community to have better and deeper understanding Of that, I want the community to, of course, voice concerns, of course, ask questions. But at the end of the day, it's a deeper understanding um, and a better relationship with local law enforcement. So um, that's another reason why I think it's so important to speak out is I want to help mend and repair this relationship, because this divisive narrative that's played out, not just in my husband's situation, but I would argue nationally, is heartbreaking. And it's the opposite of what I want. I want to bring the community closer with law enforcement. I want there to be better understanding and more respect and more communication both ways. Um, But unfortunately, I feel like that's not what's been happening this last year with my husband. It's just been a blind villainization of him because, again, his use of force, it was a viral video that was a snapshot of his entire interaction taken out of context. And I just that's really unfortunate and unacceptable. And I'm, I'm fighting back against it.
0: I'm glad to hear you are. I also heard in our conversation several times you talked about they portrayed us in a very negative way. Was any of this directed personally towards you?
1: Yeah, there. I mean, a lot. A lot of people view us as kind of like a unit, right? And when you marry someone, I would argue that pledging your life to someone is like the ultimate vetting process, right? So I've I've done my due diligence. I know our belief systems are compatible, our goals in life align, our hearts have the same things in them. Um, so I think that's a positive. Like I can vouch for his character, I can vouch for it's in his heart. But a lot of people, again, just blindly villainizing him because he was doing his job are going to assume, well, you're his wife, so you must have signed off on, you know, whatever gross and untrue belief system they think my husband has. So that's been hard, too, but mostly it's been difficult just watching them completely slander an officer who was completely outstanding, no history of discipline, um, and, you know, not only was doing his job, but he was so heartbroken when this false narrative kind of unfolded about him and then was allowed to perpetuate for over a year now. Um, You know, my husband was so by that that he took it upon himself took a voluntary polygraph passed it just to prove right since we understand like polygraphs are not admissible in court but since the court of public opinion has been in session of my husband for the last 12 months here you go he passes a voluntary polygraph no racism um, no dishonesty and it's just like it's been really hard watching his character just be completely attacked for a year now
0: i applaud you for all you are doing and I applaud you for uh, being his backup this doesn't seem again to be a case where he did anything horrifically wrong I don't see anything in the video that that while very ugly and I didn't like it one bit as a, a civilian and a police sergeant I didn't see that he did anything that was horribly horribly wrong I would like you to do something when this case is adjudicated. Please get back in touch with me and, and let me know how it's going. In the meantime, where can people get more information about the situation you and Matthew are involved in and get updates?
1: You can go to Instagram and follow clear officer Degas for case updates and different ways that you can help. There's a link in the bio that will take you to our donation page. So, so far we've had to pay about $27,000 out of pocket um, in legal fees just to advance his case to the superior court, like we were talking about earlier. So um, you could give a gift if you're able to. If not, you can like or share our post. Just follow clear officer Degas on Instagram. You can help us raise awareness about the political railroading that's being allowed to happen.
0: And that is spelled D-A-G-E-S, as in, you told me earlier, pronounced Vegas, but spelled D-A-G-E-S. Am I correct? That's correct. Again, that's Instagram and the name of it one more time
1: clear officer Degas on instagram
0: christina Degas. i want to thank you for all you've done for all the support you've shown for taking time to tell us about this on the law enforcement today show it's all very much appreciated
1: thank you so much for
0: having me i'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the law enforcement today radio show the law enforcement today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing if you enjoyed the podcast version of the show please do me a big favor tell a friend i'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the law enforcement today radio show and podcast until then this is john j wiley see ya